At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Confidants, my ooh, my spiritual, my awakened confidants. Welcome to another episode of Confidently Insecure, the podcast where we are absolutely sure we don't know everything. I am your host, Kelsey Dara, and I am so freaking hyped to introduce our guest for this week. She is, are y'all ready for this? Give me like a little drum roll wherever you are listening to this, in the car and in your bedroom, in the living room. She is a New York Times bestselling author. She's written nine books, motivational speaker, spiritual leader, and entrepreneur, and the podcast host of Dear Gabby, one of my fave podcasts. She's also featured on Oprah's Super Soul Sunday as a next generation thought leader, and her new book, Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace, was just released. Gabrielle mother freaking Bernstein. Welcome to the podcast. I feel like I need to take you with me wherever I go to have that intro because that's just like a really major intro that I, I want to bottle. I would, I will bottle it for you. I'll send you it as a voice note. You can put it as your, as your intro and your voicemail or something, but I am so excited to have you on you. Your energy like gives me energy every morning. And I have two selfish questions to ask before we like get into all the goodness that is happy days. But do you think your voice is so sexy because you are so relaxed and heart-centered? It's both. I think that it's because I was a cocaine addict and blew out my uh, my vocal cords uh, and have to continue to nurture them as a speaker mm. and because I'm centered and calm now mm. as a recovering cocaine addict. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Everyone knows all the coke addicts out there are remembering that silvery penny feeling that drip that that just burned that we that burn we it never leaves you whenever i smell metal i'm instantly i transported. I, I really know what you mean yeah. <laughs> it's been 16 years 16 years yeah um my second question is you released this book on 2222 tell me why any spiritual oh, connection well, there <laughs> they wanted the book out in february so i chose the date i wanted oh there you go just sounded well fancy. really you you launch a book on a tuesday books come out mm -hmm. on a tuesday mm -hmm. and that two twenty two twenty two landed on a tuesday uh so i said yes and that angel number really yeah. exemplifies the the desire to go bigger and the mm -hmm. desire to crack open so i was mm -hmm. like done sealed sign delivered it's a good date i think a lot of people got married on that date too mm -hmm. uh, a mm -hmm. lot of tuesday weddings i didn't go to um so let's go to happy days uh you tell us that this book is not like your others okay it's not about manifesting spirituality or connection to the universe it is about trauma and the journey towards healing and transformation and your resilience is 
what's that about? What, why the sudden shift? Why the turn in content? Mm. I don't know if it's a turn. I think it's like a level up. Mm. And it's not in any way void of spiritual foundation. So while it's a deeper book than my past eight, and it's a more uh, therapeutic book than just mm. solely spiritual, it's a very profoundly spiritual book in the same breath because it wouldn't have been able to come through me if I hadn't relied on my spiritual foundation to get me mm. to where I am. Mm. And why now, right? Why now? <clears throat> One, I knew I wanted to write this book in 2016. Mm. I was at the time 11 years sober. I had been, I'd written maybe half a dozen self-help spiritual books. I'd been on Oprah. I'd done a lot of work in the world that was very, very meaningful. And I had done a lot of work mm. on myself that was very meaningful, spiritually, therapeutically. But at that time, I started really breaking down and mm. having a nervous breakdown, really many years leading up to that. But then it, this was the moment that was really cracking mm -hmm. and cracking and cracking and cracking. And I was having meltdown after meltdown. And I kept saying, you know, I can't go on like this. I can't go on like this. I can't. And that was my mantra. Mm -hmm. And then I had a dream. And the dream was that I was an adult confronting having been sexually abused as a child. Mm -hmm. And I woke up from that dream and it was the most horrific feeling I've ever felt in my life. And it was mm. so real. And it was like, even though it was a dream, I knew it was more than a dream. Mm. It also felt familiar. Mm. And I just pushed it down. I was like, no, thank you. <laughs> and then a few days later, I was in my therapy and through some conversation and some opening up, it came to me that that was actually indeed a real experience that I had dissociated mm. from. Mm. So for 30 years, I had literally, my brain was like, no, too much. Not going to mm. go there. Mm. And at that point in time, I was writing my book, The Universe Has Your Back. I was just, just out still in the world and I was terrified mm. of what I'd revealed, but relieved at the same time. It's like, oh, this is why I was a cocaine addict. This is why I'm having mm. a meltdown. This is why I can't be present. This is why I'm trying, you know, have relied on my spiritual practice to survive. Mm. And I knew that I wanted to write about this, but I could not possibly even contemplate a world where I could write about this until I was on the other side. Mm. So here we are. It's 2022. The book is called Happy Days, The Guided Path from Trauma to Profound Freedom and Inner Peace. Mm. My face is on the cover. Mm -hmm. My name is on the cover. And I cannot do that unless I was truly living in profound freedom and mm. inner peace. Oof. So here we are. <laughs> I wonder the timing too of writing about trauma and being able to kind of go through something right before the world is going through this sort of collective trauma that we've been going through, a big T, if you will, for a lot of people. And how what you learned through your your healing process that felt so like timely and what mm. can we find in the book that people can use going through what we're going through now collectively um what what do you what do you write about what can they expect well first the timing is god's timing it's god's work i sold this book before the pandemic 
I mm. I started writing it in March of 2020. Right. So like I was already like oh. I already had buy-in. I was like going to write my trauma book now, but I wasn't. You know, I didn't know what the fuck was coming. And so then I sit down in March of 2020. I'm like, this is my moment to write this trauma. You know, it's like whoa. Mm. And it was beautiful because as everyone experienced, when the world is so uncertain and unstable all your own unresolved wounds get super kicked up and activated. So it was beautiful because it it allowed me to go even deeper in my own therapy. Mm. It allowed me to clear out relationships that weren't serving me anymore. Mm. It, you know, And so I, I was like, I'm going to have to, I, I wasn't going to uh, sell the book until I knew I was safe enough to write it. And then I mm. really had to even get even more grounded in the processes and methods because I was living them in real time, right? We're all being mm. super activated. And so the answer is God had a plan for this book, as I believe he has, for, he or she has for, or the, really the energy of spirit has had for yeah. all of my career in writing. And mm. the the timing is no accident. Mm. And this is, and it's, it's a time, like if my book had come out, this book had come out five years ago, it would have half the readers that it has now because people wouldn't mm. have wanted to say mm -hmm. the word trauma. They wouldn't have identified as having trauma. Now the whole mm. world is like, yep, I got some trauma. I got some big T trauma and some little T trauma. Big T is living through a catastrophic event or being abused or having an mm. alcoholic parent that mm. was neglecting you or the big stuff, mm. you know, a life-threatening experience. Mm. Whereas a small T trauma could be being bullied, living through COVID, mm. Mm. the fear of not, you know, not going out of the house. That mm. is super serious. But we've all had trauma from our childhood, whether it be big T or small T. And when we are living through experiences that are activating to us because mm. we feel unsafe or because we feel insecure, we don't feel like our coping mechanisms can work anymore those unresolved traumas start to creep in mm. and many people may may many people may may resonate with my story of cracking in cracking in mm -hmm. even if they're aware of what there is in the past they were cracking mm. in it now or even if they weren't aware they were dissociated they were cracking into it mm. and it's beautiful there's this excellent quote from the ama the hugging saint mm. and the quote is when an eggshell cracks from the outside it's broken mm. but when it cracks from the inside it is reborn So, Ooh, Gabby, <laughs> you just Gabby, that's like, one of those little nuggets that's going to stay with you for a long time. Yeah. And, and here's the deal. You know, I think we're, it's okay to crack from the inside. It's okay. And that's the way we want to, mm. we want to let the, these moments when the world can no longer be a coping mechanism for us because there's, you know, mm. that's taken away where we have to start to crack and say, what else do I need to know? And notice what's coming mm. up and ask ourselves what we know about it. And then what does it need? What is What are these parts yeah. of me that, that are revealing themselves need right now? How can I show up? Mm. And a first responder to that cracking would be to read a book like this because mm. it's really scary to crack into those truths and to mm. to start to face even the impermissible feelings of being, being inadequate because someone told you you were mm. stupid or right. the impermissible feelings of not being like maybe you had the perfect seemingly perfect upbringing but you just didn't feel unconditional love and these experiences mm. have such a massive impact on the way we live the way we love the way we work the way we eat the way we brush our teeth it just shows up everywhere 
But mm. when we have the blessing of it being cracked open, we have the opportunity to grow. And that's why I mm. feel so grateful that this book is in the world right now, because it can say to somebody, you're not alone in your suffering and there's a mm -hmm. path out. Here it is. Mm. I just want to go out in the streets and literally just like hand books out on the streets. <laughs> I might do that. Like I straight up might Listen. go to my, my apartment, go to New York City, my apartment, get a stack <laughs> of fucking books, sign them all yes. and literally stand yep. in the park and just be like, you get a book, you get a book, you get a book. <laughs> Pull it, Oprah. Yeah. Uh -huh. When I tell you, my book came out during the pandemic as well, and our my publisher did not have a deal with like the Barnes and Nobles and the airport bookstores, you know, the dream ones you always want. And I took a stack of books with me every time I went to an airport, and I just put them in the airport bookstores. Oh, that's smart. That's smart. That's smart. And I was yeah. like, look, now I have an airport book, so... I win. <laughs> I like that. That's smart. You do it, boo. Um, I want to I wanna circle back a little bit in talking about kind of this trauma that you revealed in and your, um, your acceptance of it. And, you know, there's this beginning part in your foreword of your book that talked about like your publisher being like, this is too vulnerable. You're sharing too much bad shit that happened to you in your life. And I really, I really loved the, the chapter about memory and trauma, because I think so often we don't talk about it enough and we don't talk about the, um, disbelief around, especially with women remembering trauma. And can you talk a little bit about if there were any struggles with that acceptance of maybe even doubting your own Mind oh yeah or your own memory oh yeah so mm. when we have a dissociated memory it doesn't leave our body it doesn't leave mm. our nervous system it doesn't even leave our brain it doesn't leave our brain it just it literally gets talked away in in another part of our brain that's like not going there right now too scary and mm. dissociation is a beautiful uh, trauma response that can be very helpful in ways in that when we're in those moments and we're young or we're too terrified that we can mm. straight up leave our body mm -hmm. and the brain can shut that shit down temporarily, mm. but it doesn't leave us fully, mm. right? So it's, it may not be in our conscious memory or awareness, but it's imprinted visions or mm. it's uh, dreams or it's physically somatic experiences of feeling frozen in time mm. or gastrointestinal issues. It'll show up in migraines. It'll show up in insomnia or panic attacks mm. or anxiety. It'll show up in the ways that we respond and react. It'll show up mm. everywhere. Mm. So it was always with me. I just didn't know what it was. And I had mm. many times in my life where I was like, what is wrong with me? Like, is there a way to live where you're not constantly living in hypervigilance? Mm. And so that experience of dissociation I recognize had a had a purpose and a place mm -hmm. but it also had to get out because mm. I couldn't live in that denial anymore yeah. and that denial is also was like you know my brain denied it but my my, my whole conscious awareness denied it mm. and so I think that a lot of the fear response that leads us to literal dissociation or potentially even just conscious dissociation where we mm. want, there's so much shame in the trauma 
that one of the shame responses is to deny. Mm. Particularly when this trauma is, is sexual in nature or mm. the, the more the shame, the more we deny, right? So we go into the story of like, well, it wasn't that bad mm-hmm. or I'm over that now or that mm-hmm. happened when I was young or that happened when I was in college and I'm not there anymore. Mm. Fuck that. It <laughs> is so in you. And so the denial mm. is a real, real response to mm. uh, active dissociation, truly. Mm. And we, in the book, I really share a lot about uh, the shame response and what shame does in, to our nervous system and to our physical somatic experience and mm. all the ways that we respond to it, the way we attack ourselves or attack others or deny or or shut down and withdraw or fawn and cling to people for mm. safety. There's so many ways that we just live in these responses to shame. Mm. Man, I selfishly, I... I want to tell you about how I recently went off my, all my medications, my mental health medications to try because I felt so good. And I wanted to try working on healing some, you know, buried shit by microdosing and boy, did that open a gaping wound. And it felt like I, when I got off all my medications, I, I just had this infected gross wound that I panicked and felt like my body was saying, no, you're not ready. But then part of me was also like, is that just my resistance to wanting to heal those, those things? And I've gotten back on my medication now. I'm two months back on three months back on. And it, when I was looking through your book, I was like, how do I know if my body is saying no, because it's not ready versus being stuck? (laughs) Yeah. Well, what about a different perspective? What about the medication? There's God in the medication. And that medication can create a safer baseline for you to do deeper therapeutic work Mm. with the help of a therapist, not necessarily microdosing, right? Mm -hmm. And so uh, not that there's something wrong with that, and we can talk Mm. about that too, but um, in the book, I share very openly about how I had experienced uh, suicidal ideation, postpartum Mm. depression, Mm. and anxiety. And it almost took my life Mm. because I was so resistant to the medication. And because I was in this wellness world of like ashwagandha and melatonin (laughs) and do this psychic reading and do this thing, all of that is beautiful. But when you're having a biochemical condition, that shit is not going to work. When you are going through a biochemical condition, when you are suffering from genuine mental illness, mm. and and post and postpartum is also you know reactivated PTSD too, mm. but it's but it's a brain. My brain was not getting enough serotonin, mm. and I was f- literally going to kill myself. Mm. And I I opened that chapter by talking about how I'm in the back seat of my car, mm-hmm. saying under my breath with my four month old son, saying under my breath, "I want to die," mm-hmm. and that was Mother's Day. So getting on meds not only saved my life, but gave me a beautiful baseline of safety. Confidant, sober girlies, are you looking to cut back or cut 
without alcohol this year, come on, join me and Zach on our sober journeys. Recess Zero Proof Craft Mocktails are the perfect alcohol replacement. We've recreated the cocktails you know and love, like a lime margarita and a grapefruit paloma, so you can enjoy the flavors and feelings of those cocktails without the booze. That's right. Zero proof, zero compromise. Listeners can get 15% off the Recess Mocktail Sampler at takearecess.com slash Kelsey. Each can is lightly sparkling mocktail infused with functional ingredients like so many stress balancing adaptogens made with real fruit and only 25 calories or less. It's a guilt-free way to unwind. Whether you're relaxing after work or hanging out with friends, make recess mocktails your drink between drinks or like me, your forever mocktail. I am so obsessed with the ginger lime mule and also the grapefruit paloma for spring. It's my favorite go-to weekend drink. Get 15% off recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash Kelsey so you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. Now, I know what you're thinking, Kelsey, when did you become obsessed with cowboy boots? Well, did you forget that I was raised in Florida? Are you forgetting I'm a little country girl by heart? I even wore my Tacovas recently when I went on a ski trip with my family to Colorado. I wore my white Tacovas when I went to the Taylor Swift concert. And if you didn't think you would need cowboy boots anytime soon, uh, might I remind you that Beyonce just dropped her little country album and you're going to need some Tacovas. Tacovas is my favorite boot brand and they're bringing a fresh perspective to hair boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots, but they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. Their western boots for men and women are handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. And Tacova's is western to their core, offering a bunch of other head-to-toe western staples, trucker jackets, the perfect jeans to go with your boots, performance pearl snaps, cowboy hats, bandanas, you name it, and they'll get you outfitted. If you can't make it to one of their stores, Tacovas delivers the most premium quality and most comfortable Western goods right to your door. Visit tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com and point your toes west. D. Mm. To go deep into three therapy sessions a week, EMDR, mm. somatic experiencing, and internal family systems for, for over a year, I still do the IFS. I still do the hour a week of IFS. I still do the mm. EMDR once a month. Mm. I still, I mean, everything I pre- I preach in this book is what I practice. Mm. But listen, for some of us, you know the the story of the guy's drowning and he's on the top of a building and there is a boat that's coming to him and he's like, I don't need the boat. God's going to help me. And I don't need the helicopter because God's going to help me. And the raft comes. I don't need the raft. God's going to help me. He dies. He goes to heaven and he's like, God, where were you? And God's like, I sent you a fucking boat. You know, <laughs> like, wow. I had to get on the boat and yeah. take the meds. Wow. And one of the greatest things that my psychiatrist said mm. to me was, you've done so much spiritual work. You've done so much therapy. Mm. You've done so much on your trauma. But there's this this opportunity you have to use this medication to help you get to a safer baseline Mm. so you could go even deeper with the therapy. Mm. And so I didn't take the meds and just numb out. I took the meds and I went big. I went big. I went Mm. deep in there. I I retrieved the little 
traumatized, abused girl. Mm -hmm. I continued to communicate and connect to her and care for her every fucking day. And it it, it brought me there. Could I have gotten there without the meds? I mean, no, I might have died in my case. Um, but if I had white knuckled it all the way, I mean, maybe another way, but it, but why, you know, why not get on the boat? Yeah. I heard you bring up a couple of, of your, your boat systems, your, from your toolkit that you talk a lot about in the book. Uh, one specifically being internal family systems, which I don't think is known enough. So for people who maybe are just hearing that word for the first time, can you explain it and what it is and why you're doing it still an hour Mm -hmm. every week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Internal family systems therapy, otherwise known as IFS, <clears throat> is perfect for your listeners. Perfect for your listeners. So we, it's, 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 it's designed by my, it's created by my friend Dick Schwartz, who is a profound man who brought this to the world, into the therapeutic world, and, and now in bigger ways through training people like myself who may not be therapists. But practitioners in our own ways, and mm. I just finished my training in IFS level one. And mm. it, congrats, thank you. And I've I practiced it in my own therapy for a decade with my therapist. Mm. And this is probably the most profoundly transformative for me. Mm. And what it what it is is that the, under the premise that you know when you say say things like, oh, a part of me is really insecure, or mm-hmm. a part of me is like really activated when my husband does X or a part of me is like, you know, get wants to pick up a drink, but the other part doesn't. That concept is real. Like we Mm. literally legit have all these different parts of who we are Mm. and we have what what are known as protector parts. And those parts are the insecure, the part, the insecure part might be an exiled part. So Mm. there's also exiles. Exiles are the little children who were told or felt that they were inadequate, unlovable. They're traumatized. They don't have a place to go that's safe. And they just get locked up under lock and key. And immediately Mm. these protection mechanisms are built up to not have to feel those impermissible feelings. Mm. So protectors, so insecurity may be an exile, I think, but Mm but it can show up in different ways. But protectors look like the addict, the controller, the obsessive compulsive, the um, self-sabotager, the, the, you know, perfectionist, the, Mm -hmm. the, the love addict, the, you know, all the ways that we numb out Mm -hmm. our impermissible feelings. And sometimes we do that with seemingly, um, uh, socially acceptable ways like work, Mm. but it's Mm -hmm. still a protector part because it's so extreme. Mm. We all also have a part known as self, which is the truth of who we are. And self with a capital S is that adult resourced, loving inner parent, Mm. the compassionate, courageous, calm, creative part. Mm. And so the work in IFS is to create a direct line of connection between self and all the parts of the internal family system. Mm. And when self, when that energy of compassion and curiosity and calmness and courage, committedness, connectedness becomes the leader in the system, Mm. then these protectors can stop being so reactive and Mm. so extreme. Mm. And we don't want them to, you know, there's no bad parts, right? So like my cocaine addict was a good part. She kept me safe for a while the part of me that's the controller she's Mm -hmm. still around she does a good fucking job getting shit done 
but she's not so extreme. She's not driving everybody mm. crazy. She's not burning mm. herself out, right? So mm. it's not about changing who we are. It's about softening who we are mm. and softening all of our parts and creating a safe environment for all of these parts. And then the more those protectors start to relax because of this work, and it's all in the book, then with therapy and a trained mm. IFS practitioner, we can start to get to know those exiled parts a little bit more and we can start mm. to retrieve those inner children that have been so tucked away. Mm. I, when I was reading your book, all of your protectors sounded a lot like mine. I think we're, you know, there's, there's a type of person that they feel like their strength and resilience and, um, control is too valuable to lose or, or soften. Yes. Yes. Um, and I want to know a little bit about your process of surrendering. Like, what does that mean physically, mentally? Like, how did you tell that bitch to shut up a little bit with love? Just shh. Well, well, it's quite the opposite. I didn't see her as a bitch. I saw uh, her as step uh, one. <laughs> yeah. I saw her as a, uh, as a, a really, really hardworking part of me that was protecting me mm. from stuff I wasn't yet ready to face. Mm. And I thanked her for her service and extended her a tremendous amount of compassion. And I allowed her to practice practices for being calm. And I let her know that when she needed to be heard, that I was there to hear her. Mm. And I would, you know, notice her in the moment. I continued to, and I just soothe her in the moment with breath or with prayer. Mm. And I let her know that if she settled down, that she wouldn't lose her edge, but mm. just that her edges would soften. Mm. I wonder too, if that ever fluctuates, like you are the spiritual entrepreneur and that doesn't mean your life is perfect and you're not faced with challenges. Do you, did you actually use the tools uh, that you wrote about? Um, to perfection, or do you feel like you're constantly still working at at uh, perfecting those systems? Even though we know perfection is not the goal, you just said it. But you know, I developed my own tools. I established the tools. I, I, I was guided spiritually to the spiritual therapeutic practices that I talk about in the book. I use them daily. I I've always been super devoted to my freedom and my inner peace, whatever tool was in front of me at the time, whatever I was mm. safe enough to, to lean into, you know, mm. whether it be spiritual principles, metaphysical principles, yoga principles, mm -hmm. physical practices all along the way, they've been my, my place to turn to, to self-soothe. Mm. Mm -hmm. But with the, with the IFS work, I have an even more profound ability to self-soothe because I have self, I have direct access mm. to the calm, mm. courageous, compassionate, committed and devoted, loving, undamaged part of who I am. Mm. And that part can do anything. That part can say the most difficult thing to an employee and have them thank me afterwards because it's mm. so compassionate. Mm. That part can face into terrifying truths and just be real about them. That mm. part can help my child out of a meltdown. That part can, 
mm. show up for the crisis of the world with a real commitment. Mm. That part can write nine books in 11 years, you know, because it's self that lets me be brave enough to go there. Mm. Mm. Talking about commitment to, you know, there was a part you talked about with these gentle practices taking time, you know, I think we, our tendency to be like, oh, I found the source of my trauma. Let me like fix it. Let me just get rid of it. And the truth is that, um, I don't know, maybe some people do take one big gulp of ayahuasca and are healed, or maybe that's just the beginning. And I wonder if you have any advice for people in terms of committing to healing or even routine. Like how do you find what works for you, even if it's hard and you fucking stick to it? I would really recommend that you read this book all the way through. It's really fun to be on this this podcast tour because you know the answer often people the answer to most of my questions is read the book. And it's not <laughs> because I'm wanting to sell a book, it's because the answers are fucking in there. Mm. And I've devoted my life to this storyline and this guided path. Mm. And so <laughs> that was really aggressive. The answers are fucking in there. Um, but that's true. It's I feel it with so much conviction. And so mm. Read the book, right? Lead, lead yourself through the journey. Pick up in the moment. Oh, that really resonates with me right now, or that's mm. too much for me. And Gabby said I could step away if I want to, and I'm gonna. And then come back in a few months, or six months, mm. or a year, and read it again, and then dip into the next process that feels right for you, and mm. then come back another month later and dip in more because the the healing of trauma, which we all have to heal, is that beautiful metaphor of just peeling back the layers of the onion mm -hmm. and you cannot just like cut it open. <laughs> you, you'll cry. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to, uh, you need to be slow mm. and titrate in and titrate out and just, you know, have fun along the way and use the grounding practices and meditations along the way for soothing yourself mm. and dip in slowly, get support from a therapist and get support from a coach or whoever it might be. And go in and come out and go in and come out slowly and steadily. And this is a book that you'll have on your bedside for decades. Mm. It'll just be there for you when you need it and when you're ready to go into the next phase. Mm. So there is a path. It doesn't have to be done at once. It should not be done at once. Mm. Mm. Take it slow. I want to know how has this book, like podcast tour and everything, been different or felt different, if at all, from your other books? got a DM in Instagram yesterday from a friend who's in this wellness, in the wellness space and has been, been around me for a really long time. We started our career 16 years ago, similar, similarly. And so we've watched each other grow and develop. And she wrote me a really beautiful text or DM. And she's like, let me see if I can find it. I want to actually. Yeah, that would be great. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's find it. Um, and that's amazing that you still run your own DMs and accounts sometimes. That's. That's a full-time job. <laughs> Ish. I mean, I, this is in the private you know, group. Yeah, but, got um, it. Okay. I have to tell you something about your energy these past few weeks. I can just feel you shining and like your light is on fire. <laughs> no other way to explain it. Keep shining, sister. Mm. And I, I share that because I wrote back to her, love you, mama. I'm letting God work through me. I feel it too. Mm. So this experience of launching this book has been so much more graceful and joyful and present. And, and it also feels 
very mission driven. Mm. It always has, but it really does now. Mm. My husband keeps saying to me, you can't spend six hours in the ISO booth. You know, you can't, you have to shorten the podcast. You got to And he's right. I have to care for myself. He's totally not wrong about that. So we have, you know, made some boundaries there, but, mm. but it, it, it's, it's, it's not going to stop anytime soon because it's not like, oh, launch the book and just move on to the next thing. It's like, this is a message that I am devotionally committed to getting out into the world. I want this book in the hands of anyone who feels that they're suffering. I want them to know they're not alone. I want them to know there's a way out. I want to give them the path. And mm. it is very, 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 very timely. Mm. Mm. And I am ready to show up mm. for that, that contract right now. Yeah. A, a lot of the reviews have mentioned feeling like you're there the whole process that you are holding space for people that you are a partner in this journey and i love the resources you give throughout the book all like very incredible um little nuggets to continue this journey and i wonder like who holds space for you and how do you find such stability to be a handholder for so many people. Well, I've been joking around with my therapist. I'm like, who do you think is going to play you in the movie? <laughs> because she's such a huge character in this book. You know, every every mm. new chapter, I'm on the therapist sofa. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so my therapist and my therapists, uh, who Kachina, who does the IFS work with me, and mm. my therapist who does Tammy, who does the EMDR work with me, mm. and my husband, who's a real steady force in my life, and mm. my team, who all take fabulous care of me and hold me mm. up and help me do this work and have done, I mean, this is our book. I keep referring to, I said, our book Aww. was on the New York Times list. Our Aww. book, you know, we we are on mission together, yeah. the 25 people that work with me. And mm. it's just such a beautiful experience to be in this mission-driven work with people who believe in it. Mm. Uh, my friends, I have the most epic group of female friends uh, who I love that are maternal and sisterly and just humble and hold space and heal me and hold me and believe in me and support me and let me do the same for them. And it's just such a privilege. Mm. Mm. That's so beautiful. And Writing a book is hard. Writing one book is hard. And writing nine and 11 years is just, whew, I, I take a breath for you. And, and I'm so excited for you with this one. It does feel different and, and leveled up kind of what you said. And I know it's going to help so, so many people. So can you please tell our confidants where they can get happy days? Get it wherever you go to your bookstores. You hopefully in an in-person bookstore, support those mm. bookstores or at, hap at deargabby.com slash happy days. You can get more from me on my podcast, Dear Gabby. And yeah, I pray for you to get this book. I pray for this book to find you when you're ready for it. Ooh. And of course, all of that will be linked in the description below as well as where to follow Gabby herself and definitely throw Dear Gabby on your podcast list in the morning. It's something that just automatically plays along with my little ABC news in the morning. It's good. Just like a little jolt. Good balance there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or 
self-healing. <laughs> you know, we probably really need that balance. That's a good point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You get you a girl who can do both. Um, Gabby, mm-hmm. thank you so much for being here. This was such an absolute pleasure. I hope we stay in touch and congrats on happy days. You are awesome. Thank you. All right, confidants, don't forget to rate this five stars. If it's anything less than five, please don't rate it at all because I'm very sensitive and we will see you next week. Bye-bye. Hi, my loves. I'm Florence Bark from the Love High podcast. If you like what you're listening to now, why not head over to the Love High podcast where I discuss our obsessions with love, romance and finding the one. Recently, since turning 30 and realising that my life has taken a few different turns and relationships haven't ended up how I thought they would, I'm questioning my relationship with love and why I want it so, so bad. I've been in the relationship where I thought I'd be there forever, kids, marriage. I've also been in a completely different relationship where I sat opposite commitment issues. How can some of us want it so badly and others push it away? I put so much pressure on myself to get my happiness from love, sex and partnership. What about getting happiness from my relationship to myself? If that sounds familiar, join me in these epic conversations with guests from all over the world. You can find my podcast by searching Love High or Florence Bark on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. I'll see you over there soon. Bye, my loves. Come get you out of my-